One time I walked out of the house to photograph because I needed better lighting. I took my color pencil piece out to photograph and it fell off my board and my son rode uh, over it with his bike. Oh, and it was just man. like, no. And it was fun. You know, I dusted it off. It was okay. It was all right. Yeah. It, it lived. But, um, uh-huh. but it was just this moment. And then I was like, but it's not the end of the world. You know, yeah. I, yeah. and, and be, having ha- taken risks with my piece before, I could live with that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I've blown a couple pieces, but I also did some things that ended up a lot cooler than I was expecting uh, because I took the risk or I risk. learned something new yeah. that, that I, you know, that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. The Sharpened Artist Color Pencil Podcast, inspiration and innovation. We're talking everything you want to know about this medium that we love so much. And we're your hosts, John Middick and Barb Sodiropoulos. Hey there, welcome back to the show. My name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. This is the Sharpened Artist Color Pencil Podcast. I am joined today by Lana Gloshot. I am so excited to have her on the show today. And guys, you're in for a real treat. If you don't know who my guest is, then by the time you're done listening today, I'm hoping that you will at least check her out and see what she's got going on over there on her website. Her YouTube channel is fantastic. So if you're not, I'm subscribed. You guys need to be subscribed if you're not subscribed already. (laughs) So check out the show notes for all the links and everything that we talk about today. Uh, So I can't wait to get started. Lana, thank you so much for coming on the show today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I've been listening to the podcast since, well, I went probably since you started. I think I listened to the very first episode. Oh, no, don't do that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, don't. No, I didn't. I started a year ago. (laughs) There we go. I like that. Well, I appreciate you being a longtime listener. Let's go way back and let's talk about the early days. Um, I know you have an art degree, right? But were you using, were you using colored pencil in college then? No, I think there was a really big gap from like maybe middle school to, uh, you know, my mid twenties, okay. uh, that I didn't ah. use color pencil at all. Really. Um, I, uh, trained in oil paint and okay. more kind of traditional media, like, uh, charcoal and, um, you know, sometimes graphite, mm. but yeah. And so what, what was it that, what was the catalyst? What, what made you decide on color pencil? So I loved oil painting and I did uh-huh. that all through school and then um, was planning on working, you know, having my own studio and working and selling my art. And uh, when when it came down to it, it was just, I felt like I was just too young. I needed some more experience. So I got into teaching and moved around the country and oh. I ended up in these teeny tiny little apartments. And I couldn't, you know, I'm living in Washington, D.C. or L.A. I can't oh, yeah. afford like a big studio space for my oil painting anymore. And then started adding some kids onto that. <laughs> oh. And it just didn't make sense. And I was like, I've got to keep yeah. working with art, but what can I do? So I actually experimented a lot and kind of just became really immersed with colored pencils because I could pick them up and put them away really quick. Yeah. I wasn't worried about like kids or cats or anything right, getting right. into them and then making a huge mess or like toxic fumes in a teeny tiny place. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it was very much a logistical thing uh. where that the reason that I found color pencil. Oh, yeah. okay. So, but you kind of liked the medium, I guess, or you looked at works of uh, color pencil art and you're like, oh, I kind of like that. 
Um, I guess. I mean, you had to. Have I think I, loved I just it a had bit. some. I just had some, and oh. I wanted to keep working with. You know, I had had an old set of Prisma colors from um, from like middle school or something. Because ah, okay. my middle school art teacher did uh, art projects with with Prisma color, oh. and and so I had them, and I thought, you know. Uh, I need some kind of motivation to make some art because I'm teaching math full time at the time, and, mm. and I'm just like very separated from it. And so I uh, I looked on um, I don't know if you've ever been on the cafe website. It's like call for entries, yep, right. uh, so you can see kind of what shows are coming up around the country. Sure. I'm like I need something to work on to work towards. So I went through and I was like, yeah. what kind of show could I enter? <laughs> and then there was a colored pencil show with uh, CPSA, and I clicked on it and I was like, well. Maybe I'll just make a colored pencil piece. Oh, that so it was is super so random that I got into oh, it. Wow. And the very first one I did was um one that like everybody still they they say it's my favorite one. Do more like that. I'm like, I don't know if I can recreate where I was at that point, but it's this one of my grandma yeah. zoomed in of just her eyes and like I love every it. wrinkle, every piece. trapped. That, that was my that, very first one. You're joking me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, guys. I got to see that in person. Uh, it was. Uh, what did you? Yeah, I got to see that piece over in Covington. Uh, whenever the CPSA, you know, had the show there because it got accepted, and it was in the CPSA mm-hmm. back in uh, twenty. What was it? Fourteen. 15? I think it was 2012, Because okay. <laughs> um, then I took another break for a while and, okay. and okay. didn't make anything else um, for in color pencil for maybe like three or four years. So it was kind of a one-off at the time. Yeah. yeah. Really? That, and, and so that was done on drafting film, was it? Or was that on paper? What was that on? Um, you know, it was what I had around. So <laughs> I think it was like a piece of that kind of like illustration board. Oh, okay. That was something that I used a lot back it's then. It's large. Kind of like though. the Crescent yeah. and Crescent board and, uh, okay. and just Prisma. Yeah. Okay. So when you're talking about teaching, uh, you were talking about, you were teaching math, right? Uh, or were oh, you I teaching oils? Place. Like, my my okay. history is very very mixed because I don't do anything for about more than like two years. <laughs> okay. So um, I uh, no maybe like two years after I graduated, yeah. I did teach for America, and and they assign you a teaching position somewhere in the country. So I was I went I'm in St. Louis at that time, uh. and I was teaching high school math. Um, in an inner city high school. And oh, so I did okay. that for a couple of years. And then uh, when my teaching commitment was done with them, I taught um, high school art in um, the inner city of D.C. Oh, interesting. So what what uh, time frame, what years are we talking about here? Um, like when did you graduate college? To like 2000. Oh, so you okay. want to know exactly how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No. <laughs> um, no, I graduated 2011. Okay. okay. From college. <laughs> okay. And you went to college, right? No, I'm just teasing. No, I'm not trying to figure out how old you are. Uh, okay, so yeah, so eleven, twelve, thirteen. So yeah, there's. I mean, there's a little bit of a gap, right? A couple of years, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you still currently? Are you doing that? Are you teaching in uh, public school? Um, no. I I uh, when I started having kids, and mm-hmm. it just kind of was a little too much to yeah. be teaching in an inner city school. It's so much of everything. It's yeah. your heart, your soul, your time. It's all of it. Yeah. And my kid needed that too. And right. So yeah. I um and so I kind of started tra- transitioning around that time, teaching like at community art centers, um, oh, okay. private lessons, and then um spending more time on my own art, which is kind of when I really kicked up color pencil artwork. Um. At probably that 2017 mark. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Very good. All right. 
So you've been at this then for a few years now. Um, and 17. Okay. So you got a little more serious. So you probably thought of yourself back in 2012 as, all right, hey, that, that was, that was cool. Um, but you had life happens, you know, you did some other things and then you kind of came back to it. You probably thought of yourself as a, a hobbyist, I'm guessing a little bit with colored pencil, uh, maybe. Am I right? Or, or did you always treat it like I don't know. this is a business? I think or? like, oh, so no, not a business. Definitely mm-hmm. not that. But I think that, um, I think maybe a lot of us as artists kind of have this battle. Um, like, am I an artist or am I not? You know, and I put <laughs> yeah, this time in right. as like, a, you know, studying art and I've, I've spent a lot of hours, but it, for some reason, for me at least, it was really hard to be like, I'm an artist, <laughs> oh, okay, let alone yeah, yeah. like I'm a colored pencil artist or right, I'm right. A, an oil painter or whatever. And so I think like kind of when I finally got comfortable saying, oh, hi, my name's Lana and I'm an artist, yeah. you know, um, the uh, I it didn't matter what materials I was using. I didn't like use an adjective. I'm a colored pencil artist or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I, I just I'm, a, I'm an artist using mm-hmm. this on this piece. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it it was the tool that allowed me to be an artist in the easiest way. OK. Or right. the, the way that fit best with my life at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. OK. So do you, uh, are you still oil painting? No. No. (laughs) No, I, I, I should like show you my, my studio space. I think one day I might again, but I need that studio space with windows Uh, and I don't currently have one. It's kind of like a bomb shelter in here. Oh, Um, that's, that's how I am too. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my space is very, right, right. My space is very Mm -hmm. small right now and it's my, my own fault, but uh, I could move somewhere a little bit bigger, um, and my wife keeps telling me I need to do that, <laughs> but I haven't. So I know I totally get that. Um, so primarily, though, I mean, since uh, 2017, though, have you been just using colored pencil or have you been using other mediums as well? I experiment. And so I think okay. that's kind of a common thread for me. Like, um, that was one of the things that I loved about listening to your podcast because it was right when I was starting and I was like, what other things are there out there that I can use with this? And so, you know, I'd heard about sanded paper on your podcast, I think. And I was like, oh, sanded paper, I should go buy a piece of that, you know? And then, oh, people care about what color pencil they're using. I should try some other brands. And then, and then I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't use pastel with that. Maybe I should use watercolor with that. And so I think, um, I think colored pencil has been like a very common thread throughout it all. Um, but, but I mix media into it all the time or, you know, let me use graphite in the way that I've been using color pencil and kind of Mm. see what I get. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. Mm. Very interesting. Well, you know what? I mean, uh, really warms my heart that, uh, the podcast was helpful uh, for you. I really appreciate you letting me know that. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, cool. So now today uh, I'm trying to bridge this gap right here. Um, this little, little tiny chasm in my mind between 2017 or 18 and today i mean because i mm-hmm. guys I, i'm being very very serious you've got to check out lana's uh youtube channel it it is very very good i remember the the first time and i don't know how long you've been creating videos um but i remember the first time that i i uh, ran across one of your videos and it, it may have been youtube may have been um Instagram or something, and I saw you were talking about uh, an artifacts panel, and uh, oh, and I hadn't heard of that company until you uh, talked about it, and uh, so then I checked out 
uh, I, I watched your video and I thought, wow, this is done really, really well. So you convinced me enough to go buy some some of those panels, and, and they are very good. Uh, you, what did, yeah, what did you think of them? What, what did I think of them? I bought all three, and I love them because it just and, – and really it has convinced me uh, that and some other things I did like with Crescent Board. It, the more I use something that is mounted on a board – the more I don't ever want to use just like a loose sheet of paper. <laughs> I mean, because it, oh, it totally. just makes it so substantial. You can, sure. uh, it just adds more support to that surface. And it's so good when you do that. Yeah, no, I, I like yeah. that. I like that surface a lot. Where was I going with that? Oh, just talking about, you know, the YouTube channel. Uh, you're doing such a great job over there. Very very well done, high production, uh, and you explain things so well. And I, I remember thinking, this is the kind of person that should be uh, teaching, um, you know, because I think it's it's one thing to just create a, a video and show your process. And I think that's great. You know, if you're a hobbyist today and you're listening and you're thinking, I just want to show my process. I think that's, a, that's wonderful. Do that. Do it over on Instagram. Do it on YouTube, whatever. Um, but I also feel like that the color pencil community needs more teachers that are actually elevating the medium and I, I think that's exactly what you do so i want to get into that too i want to um sort of dovetail now into your teaching but just the youtube channel alone guys is a good introduction to what lana is doing you're elevating the medium and you're not using colored pencil only but you're mixing uh the medium with other mediums and i think that's great but you talk about it as a fine art medium which i love but you're also uh, discussing it as a painting. I love that as well. I think it bridges the gap and it it's the best of both worlds because we're talking about drawing and we're talking about using color. We're talking about painting. Mm -hmm. We can use brushes. So you love sanded paper. Let's talk about uh, this idea of painting with colored pencil. I'll, yeah, sure. Um, well, thank you so much for all the nice things you just said. Um, so I think uh, when I talk about painting, it's yeah. more of a thought process for me rather than like a specific material or medium. So when I'm thinking of painting, I like if I go back to art school days and I'm painting, you know, I'm stepping back from my work all the time. I'm making big moves. I'm making decisions about the composition or what the piece needs. Um, and and when I'm drawing, the the kind of mindset I'm in is like, you know, I'm looking at a model or I'm looking at a still life and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm copying it. I'm, uh, I'm translating it onto the paper. And then, um, and, you know, and sometimes those two go back and forth, but yeah. I think that, uh, one of the things that I was kind of turned off by with colored pencil when I started like looking at it more closely was that it felt like people were using colored pencil as a very, very slow photocopier. <laughs> yeah. You know, they'd start from one yeah. end, one side of the paper, and then right. 35 hours later, they'd be at the bottom right corner. <laughs> or a hundred hours later. And I was later. like, why did you do that? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't yeah. get it. Why did, why yeah. did you do it that way? Or, right. you know, like, is that fun? Is that fun to do it that way? Because you're like, it's just not, you're not kind of like um, flowing with the piece, if, if that makes sense. Uh -huh. And so I love the medium. I love what it allowed me to do. But what I've been trying to do is push it to be more, to give me more of that painting feeling. And so certain materials, certain processes help me do that more. And mm -hmm. you brought up sanded paper. That was one that that was a big game changer for me because 
it allows you to like layer in a way where you can just opaquely put something over mm-hmm. the top. So there have been times where I'm like, eh, I don't want that there anymore. Cover it up. Yeah. And uh, and that you can't do that on like a hot watercolor paper this thing. No. Way. And and so that felt like, oh, this is like painting. And then yeah. I started playing around with, okay, now I'm going to put in like an imprimatura, which is kind of the traditional like stain your surface. And now mm-hmm. I'm going to do a grisaille, like, which mm-hmm. is um, the value underpainting. I'm going to lay right. in my darks and my lights right. that I'm going to glaze color. And it was, it was seriously the exact same process as oil painting, but I didn't have to worry about the fumes. I didn't have to worry yeah. about the dry time. I didn't have to worry about having like a 400 square foot studio or something. Right. And it was just like, it checked all the boxes. It was really great. Yeah. Well, and that versatility, I mean, that you're mentioning there, I think is one of the things that I have slowly gravitated towards as well with colored pencil, because I like to be a little more intuitive whenever I'm creating uh, than than just very rigid and photocopyist, as you uh, mentioned. Um, No, and I think that that is pushing the medium in a a different direction uh, and in a great direction. Not that there's anything wrong with doing photocopyist kind of work. If that's something that you got, you you know, that you're listening today and you love that. No, that's fine. I don't think Lana's saying that at all. But there's something about uh, and I think it's a personality style or something where some of us just want to be a little more loose and free in our interpretation and in, in, you know, I don't have to have the entire composition worked out ahead of time, most of it, but I can be a little looser uh, with either value or color or both. Uh, So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if (laughs) I feel like if people pull up my work right now, they'll be like, what is she talking about? Cause I'm like very into details, right? Like I, I go in and do all the refining every little detail and so right. I think it's it's not that I'm like, oh, photorealism is awful or bad no, or anything right. like that. It's it's more that um, it's the experience that I want to have when mm-hmm. I'm working on a piece of art. And I like the like to be able to kind of push and pull the medium a little bit more, like mm-hmm. to be making decisions about what the artwork needs, mm-hmm. not necessarily what the photo is telling me I should be doing. Or um, yeah. I just I like to be making more of the decisions. Um, yeah. That, yeah. Now, that comes with experience, right? I mean, interpreting things and making decisions independently like that, right? Wouldn't you say? I think so. I yeah. think so. I um, it's, uh, it's hard to separate it for me because I've been drawing to some degree my entire life. And so I don't know at what point I started doing that. Like, you know, it's not yeah. about the photo. It's about the final outcome, you know, and right. teachers have pushed me to do that and like, no, you know, these colors look awful together just because they're in the yeah. photo doesn't mean you can you should put that in or, right. you know, there's a pole coming out of this person's head in the picture. Yeah. You know, when you take a picture of someone in right. the background doesn't make sense. Oh, we'll move those things around and and do do what makes sense for a painting. You know, it's not a photograph. Right, right. It's a painting or it's a drawing. Right. Now, when you're teaching, are you teaching those concepts I mean, to uh, to students? Are you, are you helping them to understand those things as well? Or, or yeah, do you yeah. have the composition all worked out ahead of time and say, this is what we're going to uh, emulate? It depends on on what form I'm teaching in. So okay. in my courses, I want it to be kind of really appropriate for all levels. And I, I say mm-hmm. courses. In my course, there's one of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh, I thought um, you had more than one for some reason. I, uh, I've had like some different things I'm playing around with. But like the main course that I've been working on the last year uh, it takes you through the painting process. So this is how you oh, draw okay. a composition. 
This is how you um, lay in a value study. This is how you lay in color. Gotcha. And it takes you through like the technical step by step. Yeah. Um, when I'm working with students one-on-one or in like a live class where they're bringing their own projects in and we're discussing them, then there's a lot more of like them guiding what they're interested in learning and me pushing them to make that as good as possible. So uh-huh. like even in my high school classes, you know, someone wants to draw a picture of their best friend uh, and then I'm saying, okay, does this background make sense? Where yeah. should we move things? How big should this be? It does the hand make sense right. in relation to the face? Right, and, right. And, and it's like asking questions, guiding artists mm-hmm. to, to be able to answer those on their own. Yeah, yeah. Um, for some, that's easier than others, right? I mean, yeah, I, you know, I think like, that we're kind of drawn to different parts of the art making process, sure, everybody right. for different reasons. Yeah. So we know you like sanded paper. What, what yeah. about, so what about pencils and, uh, let, let's talk about all your favorites. So, oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I love them all. I probably have them all. Um, but the, I started with Prismacolors and don't use those a ton anymore just because mm. I found so many, um, awesome alternatives. Yeah. Um, when I'm starting on sanded paper, I love using polychromos, just the way that they mm-hmm. kind of like slip and slide around on the paper. Oh, I know. Um, I think that that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and kind of allows me to glaze, right. it, which is something that you do with oil painting. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, I love my Caran d'Ache luminance for kind of waxy details or yeah. opacity. Right. If I'm working on sanded paper, um, if I'm working on like a smooth white cotton paper, the light fast pencils I love. I can do like kind of get everything I need out of those pencils. Derwent um, light fast. I, I, talking about yeah yep. yeah mm-hmm. yeah. It's, so and and anytime I get the opportunity to try a new set, I'm like okay, now I'll try these on a new paper and try right. this new surface. And yeah. I that's kind of like the the fun one of the fun things for me is just exploring and experimenting. So have you kind of gravitated towards those three then polychromos luminance and the light fast from Derwent? Or those do you the have... ones I've invested in. And have yeah, okay. Of, so gotcha. that I come to those all the all the time. Oh, sure. Um, and then I have a handful of like uh, water soluble sets mm. as I really like playing with um, like uh, water. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah. the I've got like I, I like the ink tents and the Caran d'Ache aquarelles. I'm, uh-huh. I'm an addict. I like. Um, yeah. I am addicted. I think we all to are. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Awesome. All right. Yeah, I and what you said, I mean, it it sounds like you're um you're reading my mind on some of this. I mean, this is the the very reason why I love sanded surfaces, but I also love um uh pastel mat because of, you know, just using polychromos as a base layer is just it creates this fluid medium that uh you know, you just can't emulate with any other pencil type and I I love that. And the surface, I mean, the surface makes a huge huge difference. Yeah. Uh, okay, so do you use, uh, I mean, you talk about water and you use water solute. Do you use solvent, though, or, or not? I do, yeah, do? sometimes. Um, I, and I do, I use it on both surfaces, too, like a smooth white cotton surface and also mm-hmm. on sanded paper. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I try to kind of minimize it, and I'm very mm-hmm. careful with it because, I, like I told you, I don't have windows. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I do move my space around if I'm using solvent. Huh. But um I, what, uh, what kind of solvent are you using? Which which um, brand do you prefer? Gamsol is uh-huh. one that I use. And then I found um, Eco Solvent. It's like a Canadian brand. 
And they have like a super, super clean hmm. solvent that they use, which is, I really enjoy that too. I don't, I don't um, know that one. You mind sending me an email um, with that? Yeah, link sure, for that one? sure. Okay. Um, have you heard of Zest It? Yeah. It's kind of like a European. Yeah, um, I've not line. tried that one. To, yeah. I haven't either. It's very difficult if you're in the United States to get. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. So I was looking into that. I'm like, I'd like to try the Zest It thing because they were talking about the orange helps with the solvent. Yeah. And huh. um, and so I was doing some research on it. And EcoHouse, um, which is a Canadian company, mm-hmm. has a similar product that it's like they use citrus to um, as the solvent. Ah, um, so it's okay. cleaner and safer. But it's still kind of. I mean, it's still not something that you want to like be breathing all right. along, right? Sure. Um, and uh, and then they have another product. They have the citrus product, and then they also have one that is more similar to Gamsol, where it's odorless, and that's my mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Very good. We were talking about painting with yeah. your materials, and one of the things besides sanded paper that allows me to do that is pan pastels because I can like dip in with my sponges and then like apply. And it feels just like painting, yeah. you know, because I'm not even like drawing little details. I'm right. just like slapping it on, you know. Right. Yeah. And um, and then I come. I usually come in over the top with color pencil details, mm-hmm. and that is another favorite combo. Right. That that one's really fun. I, I just am looking. My all my supplies are behind my yeah. computer. I turned it because my studio is such a mess. Oh yeah. Um, and th- I I mean I have I just love acquiring and collecting supplies. So yeah. I don't know if I, I you know what. I do have one that I love, um, and I have it right here. Okay. Oh, good. Have you ever used these, like, uh, water dispensing brushes? Yes, I love those, too. They're yeah, so, so good. Yeah, so because I'm kind of an addict with, like, the water <laughs> the water pencils, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And I I recently took, like, a, a little paint, like, a watercolor paint uh-huh. pad and one of these, and I was just, like, drawing on a bench, and I had everything that I needed, and I was like, and, yeah. like, I've got to do this over and over again, because, right. and then I just, you know, put my little pen away, and I didn't have to have any cup of water or anything. Yeah. I thought that was so great. Oh, I know. And I, I guess we're on a podcast. I didn't say what I, I held up on the, the screen, but it's a, a water dispensing brush, so all the water yeah. is contained inside the brush. Yeah, I think those are so handy, the, the these water mm-hmm. brushes. Yeah, and if you're in member circle, uh, you'll be able to see that on the screen there. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're so fun. I, I mean, once in a while, I'll just use that even in my studio and not when I'm out somewhere, um, just because it does make it easier. You know, I don't have to have two separate things. It's all contained. And the amount of pressure that you apply with your uh, fingers, pressing that tube together controls the dispensing of the water to the, uh, bristles on the brush, which makes it so convenient. Um, what, what about other brushes though, that you're using like with solvent or water based mediums? I mean, what they're, you... they're like 12 year old oil painting brushes Just whatever. that live their yeah. life yeah. and, yeah. uh, weren't suitable for painting anymore. There you go. So then I use them just yeah. to like, uh, dip in solvent because I'm pretty rough with the solvent. I'll mm-hmm. just like scrub it on mm-hmm. and I don't want to use a nice brush for that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, those are my solvent brushes. And then I have like just a couple. I um have started collecting some nicer watercolor brushes. Um I feel so out of control with watercolor. So I'm not able to like make anything I'm really proud of with the watercolor yet. Yeah. But I've been yeah. playing around with it. And um the the brush makes a big difference when you're yeah. working with with something like that. It's just the difficulty in controlling it. Is that what you're alluding to with not oh, I think yes. And stuff. we yeah. talked about this before the show started. I think that yeah. There's a certain like control freak in all of us that get drawn to color pencils. And with watercolor, you kind of have to let it happen and just be okay with, with what happened, with what comes out. And 
And I'm like, oh, that's not what I meant to yeah, do. Right. I just, I hate, I hate that feeling. And I'm like trying to wipe it up with paper towel. One day though, <sighs> I, I need to just let it go and see what Oh, <laughs> I know. I know. I'm the same way with that. But it would save so much time. That's the thing I keep telling myself. Just like, my goodness, I could go a lot larger uh, if I could save more time. You know, I'm not. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll conquer that one of these days, I, I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> if I keep practicing, yeah. keep trying. All right. So very cool. Um, What what about uh, let's let's fast forward in the process of creating. So we're on, mm-hmm. you know, we're on the surface. We're doing all these things. What about when you get towards the end of the of the drawing? You know, you're in the final touches of the of the drawing, and you're looking at it, and you're making all of these last minute decisions. Is there anything that happens uh, during that time that you can tell me? Like, um, like if you're very intuitive, I mean, I, I'm trying to think about you know what happens in my mind towards the end. Anyway, I'll just share. Is um, yeah, tell me. I'm always like looking at it and thinking, you know, no investment of time. Like, like if I'm looking at the hair, like, oh, I already spent, you know, six hours on this hair, on this portrait, you know, and it's like, I don't want it. And it doesn't look the way I want it to look. And and so I'm just like, there's a concession going on in my mind on one side saying, just be done with it, you know, just let it go. And then on the other hand, I'm thinking, yeah, but the viewer doesn't know I spent six hours on the hair. They're going to look at it for what it looks like right now. And if I, you know, blow the whistle right now and say it's it's done and I'm not going to spend any more time on it, they're not going to say, I really appreciate that six hours that John spent on that hair. They're going to say, what in the world happened here? He did this on the face, but look at the hair. You know, that that's what goes on in my mind. Things like that towards yeah. that that final, final, I don't know two hours, three hours or something, you know, maybe it's 20 minutes and you're looking around at it. So I'm fishing there, Lena. You don't have to have yeah, a, an no, answer let, for that. Well, let me tell uh, you a little bit about my process and what I was thinking about yeah, when you said okay. that. So um, uh, if I'm doing like a very kind of ambitious piece, maybe uh-huh. like a double portrait or something very detailed mm. and large, mm-hmm. um, I typically am like, ensuring that it's going to work at each stage so like i'll do a drawing on a separate sheet of paper for the composition before it ever goes on to the final surface Uh so i can say like do this does the scale work do are all the things in the right place and and i'll um i'll even ask people that don't have any experience with art yeah what do you think like (laughs) i'm just looking at the draw line drawing does anything look weird and to make sure you and everybody, everybody that's listening should be doing this. Like right. people that you trust that are going to give you straight answers that aren't like, oh, everything you do is amazing. Yeah. But someone that you know will give you an honest answer and just right. that will say like, no, actually that hand does look a little goofy. Yeah. And if you figure that out before you ever get on to your colored pencil surface, you've already saved so much time, right? Absolutely. And then the, the next phase of my process is to kind of lay in color and value, but not final details and refinement. So this is kind of, this phase looks like a sketch sort of. Um, it's blocking in where things are going to go. But if I'm doing something like hair in a portrait, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going in the direction that the hair is moving. I'm paying mm-hmm. attention to those shapes. And and usually once that's done, I'll come in maybe with solvent and blend it out, get that that layer in. But at each point, I'm making sure I've solved as many problems as possible yeah. before I move on to something that's more permanent. 
Um, and then um, in the final like 20 minutes or two yeah. hours or two days, whatever it ends right, up right. being, um, I think that I do a couple things. So one thing, I save my very favorite things for the end. That's kind of like a reward. <laughs> oh, so, that's, uh, neat. You know, that's a neat hack right there. That's cool. If the, Like when you were saying the hair, sometimes yeah, I love yeah, working yeah. on hair. And then sometimes I will look at a piece and I'm like, I do want to do those curl or I don't want to do those wrinkles on that shirt and so I'll make sure I do that part first uh, and then I get a reward myself with um the eyelashes are one of my favorites I don't know they're so satisfying just mm-hmm. like they're quick you can flick them on um or, they look or like the highlights in the <laughs> eyes or something yeah I love I love those oh my pieces. goodness and, I don't know why I never thought of that that is so smart because I do that in my work and business and stuff I, I'm Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm piling up rewards or I'm stacking, um, you know, behaviors that I that I enjoy with behaviors I don't like mm-hmm. to do, but I have to do them anyway. Tasks, I should say, not behaviors. Yeah. But yeah, that. Oh, that's a great tip. Wow. That's a little gym right there. <laughs> I love that. So do you use uh, a, a fixative? Like uh, what about to protect your work? Um, um, because I don't have like a set way that I work, it totally depends on like what materials I'm using okay. and what kind well, of the final out- outcome is going to be. Okay. So let's but, talk about sanded paper. Um, okay. So yeah. sanded paper, I use a textured fixative, um, in between layers just to make sure. So like those polychromos layers at the beginning, mm-hmm. I'm sealing that in mm-hmm. so that it doesn't slide around and move when I put the next layer on. And that allows me to do like a transparent glaze of color over my value underpainting. Okay. Okay. So those are really key for me. But when I get to the end of a sanded paper piece, I'm using, um, the luminance, uh, Carindosh colored pencils. Typically they're, they're a lot waxier mm-hmm. and they're a lot more permanent on that surface. And so um, if if I was going to present the piece behind glass, which mm-hmm. I don't actually usually do, um, I wouldn't need anything. I could just put it behind glass and it's it's done. Um, but I really like to uh, make my pieces look like paintings in mm-hmm. as many ways as possible. So I've been mounting my sanded paper onto like a cradled board mm-hmm. and and then... Um, glazing it like the process is ridiculous i don't know why i do what i do but it's like i i saw some spray of the, layers you've been selling some of those on on instagram right i saw some of these i think uh videos yeah, that you've and, done. and if, um, beautiful if you, beautiful oh thank you i i will if it's okay for me to step away from the computer yeah yeah absolutely just, let's see so this. this is what they look like oh, um, for goodness. those that can see the it's video gorgeous. and they're they're mounted on like a uh, on a cradled board yeah. this one's pastel matte and watercolor mm-hmm. pencils mm. and color pencils mm. this piece and then um i spray it with an oms um, mineral spirit so that's an odorless mineral spirit spray mm-hmm. by golden um and that holds everything in and fixes it and pre- um creates a protective layer okay. and then once those like i don't know it's like eight layers that are of the spray like yeah. each direction making sure right. it's sealed in right um then i uh, will paint um a a gloss varnish over the top. So okay. it's got that like sheen. Yeah. Um, and then that's sealed in and then I'll take that on the sides too. So the whole piece kind of feels like, I, I don't know why I don't just paint it right. Cause I just want no, it to look like awesome. a painting. Yeah. But, no, um, that, that is, that is so cool. But yeah, that's what they end up looking like. And, and that is beautiful. Uh, I love that piece right you. there too. It's so nice. So let me, let me ask you about that though. Um, so what, what brand of uh cradle board are you using? 
Um, if I have the tools, I just make my own, but it's cheaper mm-hmm. time-wise <laughs> to, yeah, to right. um, buy them from Blick. Um, and they're just the, um, they're ones that already have the primer on them. They're primed um, cradled boards and they're the okay. Blick Premier brand, I think. Oh, I think okay. That's what they're called. The Blick Premier brand. But you could brand. use okay, like, I think that um, Esther Roy used clay boards by Ampersand. Yeah, I remember yeah. when I was reading her blog. Um, and those ones, I was, they have a really nice surface, like for pastel artists or, right. um, they have a very specific surface on it, but you're paying for that surface and yeah. then you're mounting paper on top of it. Yeah. Which, and you know, so, it's a prepared surface. You could just go right. right directly, you know, directly on that surface. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, no, I, I totally get that. I, you know, what I started using was, um, the ampersand hardboard, um, because oh, it's already. Like yeah, I mean, it's really nice. I, that's what I put. I don't know if you can see this, but I mean, that that's what I put this one on is is on. This is pastel mat. And so mm-hmm. this is on um, that cradled board, you know, yeah, ampersand. Yeah. Um, and putting it on there at the beginning, you know, I'm doing it at the very beginning and drawing directly on it. Uh, but it, it's it's very, very nice. Now, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put that varnish uh, on top of there. Are you using the same varnish that uh, Esther Roy recommends? I couldn't I am. find it. Yeah, but it's oh, from Golden. Well, the beauty of this lovely pandemic and the supply chains being <laughs> right, messed right. up, the uh, Golden Final Varnish, the high gloss. Yeah. Uh, I think it's called Golden Acrylic Polymer Varnish yeah. with UVLS. Yeah, I couldn't um, find that's that. That's what I've been using. And it has been out of stock yeah. um, since at least two or three months. Okay. I had a show I was getting ready for. And was um, trying to finish a mop, and I had yeah. just enough to stretch it to the end, except for four pieces that I didn't have enough for. And oh. I used, um, I should pull, I don't know if I should pull it out and get, let's see if I can see it from here. It's like liquid glass by Spectrafix. I think that's what oh. it's called. Um, have you used anything by Spectra, Spectrafix? Yeah, I used their uh, their spray that, um, that has um, casein in it, so I didn't. I couldn't mm. use that very long because I've got a daughter that's uh, allergic to to milk and dairy products. Okay. But um, okay, so Spectra. That fix. could be an alternative. Yeah, what was the name of that? I would still do like you said. It's called Natural Glass Varnish and Medium by Spectrafix. It's an archival varnish, and it's a mineral spirit acrylic aerosol with U huh. L. UVLS. Okay. And you saw how bright those colors yes, were. The colors yes. were never affected by it. Oh, but if I goodness. was using eight layers of textured fixative um, on right. a pastel piece, those right. layers, like it's diluting the color a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the benefits of using this. It's completely sealed. It has a really nice final texture and final um, sheen to it. And you can get like gloss, semi-gloss, satin. Let's talk about your pieces for a minute i mean it seems like your favorite subject is still life uh but you've also done portraits you've done a lot of uh, animals you've done other things uh am i correct is is it still life is that your favorite or do you not have a favorite (laughs) i focused on for the course because i think that it's kind of a um it's a good introductory subject matter yeah i mean being able to draw a pair is i mean there's not as many shapes there's not as much like geometry Mm -hmm. coming at you um, where if like a nose is coming off the face, that's a new thing that you've got to work on. Right. Um, I love drawing everything. I okay. Florals. I love portraits. I love, but the course focus focuses on um, what the technique. So I wanted to keep yeah. it a little simple with more simple still life. Yeah. 
Okay, awesome. All right, let's talk about the color palette, though. I mean, some of these mm-hmm. colors, I mean, if, when I look at your work, it's just, um, it's very representational, guys, very realistic, but it's very punched up uh, with regard to color as well. So we've got, we've got some very nice, rich, just full color uh, compositions that that work. I mean, we've got analogous colors going on that just work so well and just very pleasing to look at. Is that, I mean, when you think about your work, is that a big consideration at the beginning that you're thinking about the color a lot? Um, I, I definitely think so. Uh, so if we're talking about like the still lifes, I mm-hmm. have a, just like a big pile of paper that I will put behind my still lifes when I'm photographing uh, them okay. to play around with the color composition yeah. before I ever start drawing. And I, even though I'm not using traditional art materials, I'm using a camera. Yeah. Um, I consider that my sketching phase. I'm working gotcha. compositional thumbnails, right? Like, right. what about green behind there? What about yellow behind there? And so there is like color theory that's playing into the decisions, decision making and the experimentation. But I'm uh-huh. also, um, you know, being intuitive with it too. Do yeah. I like this combo together? So that's like the composition like the planning part of it. And if I'm working yeah. on portraits, I'll usually take that into Photoshop. I'll say, what colors do I want behind this? Or what, um, you know, do I want to change the color of the shirt for some reason? Uh, How do these work together? Yeah. Um, and then as I'm working on the piece and picking out what color pencils to use, I think that uh, one of the things that's so special about colored pencil that oil paint doesn't have in the same way mm-hmm. is that you're mixing optically. Um, when you're mixing, and what that means is like you're doing a layer of color and then you're adding another layer on top and you're letting the viewer's eye mix the colors together mm-hmm. rather than you physically smooshing paint pigments together, which you would do on a palette if you're oil painting. And but you I mean, you can work in, in layers on. on oils as well, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah. Totally. You can. You can glaze with layers right. and that's an optical way of painting. Um, uh-huh. but, uh, a lot of people don't paint that way anymore. Um, cause mm-hmm. it takes so long, right? Mm-hmm. You have to do a glaze and let it dry. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you're waiting for it to dry for like two or three days. Yeah. You and know? in that or way, colored pencil is the fast medium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, um, it's a very intuitive way of optical mixing yeah. because you don't have to wait for that layer to dry. It's like, right. I'm going to put a little bit of green on and now I'm going to nudge that green in another direction yeah. by putting a little bit of yellow on. Right. And I think that, um, that, I'm really playing off of the how the color goes through all of those layers mm-hmm. and bounces off the original surface mm-hmm. and then comes back. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that th- that's playing into the way I'm making decisions about color in my work. Yeah, because all of those layers that you're even doing underneath, they influence those top layers. That's one of the reasons why mm-hmm. I love colored pencils so much, especially these semi-transparent layers upon semi-transparent mm-hmm. layers because we have that refracting going on where we've got, you know, this light will pass through. Uh, and so we're able to see all those layers. I love that so much. That's just one of the best yeah. things about uh, the medium of colored pencil, I think. I love that. Yeah, That's I so love good. Yeah, I love that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So do you have a, a big ambitious project that uh, that you're kind of putting off um, and thinking in your mind, like, I'm going to do that one day? Uh, Anything like I that? I always have about 18 of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's kind of like the game I'm playing is, do I, re- can, do I really have time for that? Can I actually finish yeah. that? I, yeah, yeah. You know, I, earlier I was telling you, I would like to try to make a video every week um, yeah. for 2022. And I think, I don't know if I'll be able to pull that That's one off. That's so I'd ambitious. I'd love to be able to yeah. grow my YouTube channel yeah. and be able to share more of what I'm doing. Um, 
the uh, I'd love to be able to like do those challenges, like one drawing yeah. a day or like right, um, right. or pieces like that. But as um, and then I'd love to make more courses yeah. too. I think um, I think my problem is more <laughs> not problem, but what I really need to do is I need to focus on getting really tight into one thing uh-huh. and like not just be like but i want to try that but i yeah. want to try that <laughs> and, uh, and i think that that's that'll be challenging for me but like yeah. a really large um sustained body of work mm-hmm. that that holds together as a collection yeah. and um or or like a, a suite of courses um mm-hmm. that that guide uh students through a like you know a program of study yeah. you know i need to stay with one probably right, right. but i probably well don't. that's yeah i uh, i hear you i mean i i guess we all go through that because you know uh, guilty is charged over here as well i mean it's the mm-hmm. same thing it's just like there's so many things to do and there's just not enough time to do all these things I mean, if you want to get sleep and have food and, and use facilities. See your family. You know, and see your family, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make sure that no, you're not I, a stranger I, to family and friends. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm grateful to be in that position, though, of having mm-hmm. so much inspiration that I can't yeah. do uh, do enough with it. Because I remember right. getting out of, of school, um, art school, and I was like, well, what do I do now? Like, people have been telling me what to do for the last four years. Uh, yeah. And now I've got all this time. Um, and all this, all these materials, and what do I do with them? And so I think <laughs> yeah. it's it's like a you know it's a blessing to be in a situation where you've got like a backlog of ideas, and you can just go through and like what do I want to work on because I've got I've got all these things that I want to try. So, right. Are, are so are, are you wanting to um, be represented by a gallery, or or are you represented by a gallery? Um, no, I'm not currently represented okay. by a gallery. Um, I'm kind of like starting to put my toe into the like art market scene yeah. and um, showing my work in, in kind of like festivals and things like that. Okay. Um, so don't have a ton of experience with that yet, but have played around with that this year. Um, do you, I mean, what's holding not, you back with, uh, I mean, do you, do you feel like you have a consistent body of work? I mean, I, looking at your side, I, I, I thought you did. I mean, I think you do. Right. <laughs> um, I think, I think it's getting, I think I've gotten there this year where okay. I've got enough that I can say, Hey, this is yeah. what I'm doing. Right. Um, it's a balancing game though. I, I have a, a three-year-old and a five-year-old yeah. and we're coming out of the pandemic and right. we're starting school for the, like the first time after being kind of lot coming out. I don't even know if we're coming out of the pandemic. Yeah, we may not be <laughs> like that, but we're trying to, right. uh, you know, start school. And yeah. so I'm, I have a lot of other responsibilities that I'm juggling so with. So much uh, work. Yeah. With with um with my art making and my mm-hmm. art uh you know kind of marketing and all that so well, it's just that's probably the most limiting factor. It's so much work too uh, when you have children uh, that are those ages, mm-hmm. the, the young ages like that. Uh, I mean, it really is. It's just so so much work. Uh, okay, let's see here. Any other future plans that you can think of that you're looking forward to? Um. Art wise or or just life wise? Well, either one. That's fine. <laughs> so um, we are we're closing on our house on Wednesday. Yay! Uh, is, so that's tomorrow. Yeah. And um, I think that that is going to give me an opportunity to kind of really figure out where my art's going next because it's the first time I'm going to have a dedicated studio nice. space yeah. that was intended for a studio yeah. space. Um, and well, and wow. it's like an extra bedroom, that's but I'm exciting. really excited about that. And yeah. I think that. Being able to set up a permanent studio and kind right. of make decisions what my work is going to look like and 
and uh, kind of what my my workflow, you know, where's my computer mm-hmm. going to go? Where's, mm-hmm. my, where's my workstation? Sure. I think that that's going to influence what I end up making and um, and also kind of feel permanent, you yeah. know, start connecting to my art community here more because um, when you live in D.C. for two years, then L.A. for two years, mm. and then, yeah. you know, you pop in all over the country, it's hard to kind of be part of the art community. Uh-huh. So that's another thing I'm really looking forward to, like, putting roots down for the first time uh, and being a part of what's going on in Salt Lake City and the art scene here. We've been trying to figure out a way to get to Salt Lake City because that's um, where I grew up and where we went to school. It's kind of where our our families are. So, Oh, good. good. So, yeah. So now you're back where your family is. We figured out a way to make it home. (laughs) That's that's very good. good. So when you're thinking about a beginner and maybe they're brand new to color pencil, what what is uh, some of the best advice um, you think you could share with someone who's new to the medium? They're not sure if they could figure this out. What would you say? Um, you know, I always like like asking people questions, and so I think it's when you're entering an art journey of any sort, mm-hmm. kind of being aware of what your goals are for that art journey. Because my advice would change based on what your goals are. If you're like doing stress management and you're doing colored pencils because it's something you can control in your life and all the other parts of your life are not working or whatever, which is totally why I use colored pencils sometimes. I'm just like, this is something I can control. Um, the, uh, I think that just being there and showing up and, and using the medium is huge, right? Mm -hmm. I think that if you, and, and putting the time in and being there, I think that, um, if you are a beginner that, is anticipating turning this into a very serious hobby or um, like a professional pursuit. I think that that my advice starts shifting. And I think that what I'd love to tell more colored pencil artists to do is to um, explore what it means to draw outside of using colored pencils. Like mm-hmm. how do you accurately measure um, a, a, either a photograph or a live reference Um uh, what do values mean outside of colored pencil? Yeah. How do you study? And, and so kind of like a deep dive into traditional practices or foundations, fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And those things are going to help your colored pencil work so much. And you mm. can study those things with colored pencils. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes we get distracted with like 150 set of colored pencils, which I think is right. like the biggest set out there. Like I think Prismacolor does 150 colors. Right. And then it's your, you know, my students will say things like, well, what red should I use? And I was like, let's forget about this being red for a minute. Yeah. Like what's the value? Is this darker right. or lighter than what's around it? And sometimes right. that that is hard to see, right? So I think, mm-hmm. you know, knowing when you need to go back to the foundations and the fundamentals and then when you come back and start exploring and experimenting again, it's going to be so much better. And you're going mm-hmm. to feel so much more confident taking risks or experimenting with new media. Mm-hmm. Do, do you meet with uh, with students live or is it all pre-recorded? Like with your course, is it all pre-recorded or is there a live element um, to it? So when I beta tested the course, I had a couple of former students do a live workshop with me. And that was really uh-huh. fun. We'd like put their work up. And we'd critique it and yeah. we'd, um, and, and so that is a piece that was kind of like cooked into the idea of the course, but, um, isn't something that I don't know exactly what that will look like moving forward oh, okay. because it's a big organizational piece to like get enough people organized, um, on a certain day and yeah. show up at a certain time. And I think 
this is a new course for me. And so I'm working on that and seeing what that, so that rhythm might change based on when people are listening to this, if there's a live component or not. So I just say to check and see if it's available. Um, but it, uh, but yeah, I, I also like will meet with people on zoom one-on-one and, Uh um, and I'm trying to start up just a critique group on Facebook uh-huh. uh, that people can just post their work and we'll talk about it. And then maybe like as a YouTube video, once yeah. a month, I'll pop on and just critique some people's work that has right. been posted. Nice. So. Yeah. So there you go. Um, if you're wanting to do the one YouTube video uh, a week, that could take yeah, up that'll help one, of the, one. one of the uh-huh. weeks of the month. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's awesome. And, and I, I, I really think that that's so valuable, uh, especially for someone who is brand new to the medium or in art, um, or to art in general to have some that, uh, some of that just immediate feedback. Um, and you know, that's, that's really not offered a whole lot as you might be aware. Mm -hmm. That's just not something that a lot of people are able to offer. So as an instructor, I, I value that time that I have with my students. Uh, and if it's something you can offer, I think it'd be a great thing. If you're working with a student who is brand new, this is sometimes something you run into is they're afraid. They're, they've got like this um, anxiety. Some do. Some are just afraid to make make okay. the wrong choice, make a, you know, make a disaster out of something. Um, do you have any advice for that that student? So this is a different media that I was teaching. I was teaching like some charcoal drawing, but mm. I had a student and this is, this is also a high school student that yeah. I worked with every day. So we had a good relationship, yeah. <laughs> but um, we, we, the student was doing this. They were like, oh, I'm just scared to start. I don't know what to do. I just put their yeah. paper on the ground and I walked all over it and I put it back. <laughs> I was like, you don't have a perfect piece of paper anymore. <laughs> so there's all, you can only make it better, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I think they were like, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> but I think, Sometimes just taking yourself out of it, like it's a piece of art. It's not surgery. It's like, it's not, you're, you're not like operating a vehicle. Like the mistakes that you make here, you maybe lost an hour of time on this piece, but you learned an hour's worth of information by just putting the time in and practicing and being there. You have an hour of muscle memory now. Um, so it's, I, I think that it's, like taking the high stakes out of it. And yeah. if you need to take the high stakes out of it by saying, I am going to throw this away when I'm done, no matter what. Yeah. Or if you take the high stakes out of it by going down and working on a small study. Right. Or if you need to take the high stakes out of it by saying, I am never going to show this to anybody. So it doesn't matter. Right. I'm the only one that will ever see. I'm not going to post it on social media. I'm yeah. not going to do anything. I think like figuring out a way to take the high pressure out of it mm-hmm. or I, you can come at that the other direction too. Like, how are you going to have fun with this? Mm-hmm. Um, so all this, like, you know, the books that I'm listening to or the podcasts that I'm listening to while I'm working, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, if, if I waste, if I wasted, I'm doing air quotes yeah. here. I wasted the time that I put into this piece because it's not going anywhere. Or I'm not doing anything. At least I got to listen to a really fun book. You yeah. know, <laughs> I was there working and or a really funny podcast or something. And, and so I, or, yeah, you're just, I, I, so I think it's. You're, I, yeah. I, no, I like that. I like that response a lot. I mean, you're cultivating the uh, the habit. You're cultivating the skill and developing mm-hmm. as I mean, it's not a destination and one piece isn't. It's part of the process, and you're you're constantly learning and growing. Yeah, I I, I love that uh, answer so much because we do put a lot of pressure, I think, on ourselves, especially when yeah. we're brand new. And we think, oh, this is it. This is going to be the one. I've talked to so many students who are in that 
uh, mindset where they think, you know, everything's writing on this piece. I got to get it right. You know, yeah. this is my, this yeah. is my epic think, piece that I'm going to do. Totally. And when you were saying that, I was thinking about, um, I wish that sometimes we approached art more like musicians approach mm. their, their art. Mm -hmm. Because when you're training as a musician, you have to just put in, I mean, as a musician, like when I took piano lessons as yeah. a kid, yeah. I just had to do 30 minutes every day. Yeah. There was no excuses. You know, right. the piano teacher would ask, did I do all my practicing this week? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't because I had this piece that needed to be 100% perfect at the end. It's because I had skills I had to develop. Right. And and sometimes right. that is one thing that I find really frustrating about um, teaching students. This is usually, I find this in like my adult group live classes uh, yeah. that they'll come in and we're working in a studio and they, um, that's their only time that they're working on their artwork. Right. And then it's in class yeah. and, yeah. and, you know, you're not going to get better unless you put in 30, 40 minutes a day, yeah. two hours a day, whatever it is that you have time for and what, you're, and what aligns with your goals. Um, right. And it's to build the skill. It's yeah. not to like have something to put on the fridge or have something to put over the fireplace, right? It's it's so that you can be an artist. Yeah, putting in those reps uh, is so important. Yeah, I don't know why um, we often don't think of it in the same way that musicians do. Um, same way with, with the guitar that which is the instrument that I played. Yeah, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You've got to you've got to put in that effort in order to be able to mature and improve, cultivate and get better. Awesome. All right, so let's turn our attention really quickly then and we'll wrap up here, but let's talk about the advanced artist. Um somebody who, you know, they've been doing it for a while and maybe they're starting to get a little um you know, I don't know, uh, antsy about their progress. And they're okay. wondering why they're not seeing like this, um, you know, huge advance and and uh, increase in skill uh, level. And, and so they're starting to get a little irritated by that. I've seen the students like switch mediums uh, because okay. of that, you know, and they're constantly switching. Um, mediums and not that i think there's anything bad with switching mediums but the reason though is what i what i'm talking about and it's because they become uh just very discouraged about advancing in colored pencil and uh trying to to make uh the medium do what they want it to do and they just keep hitting these little roadblocks if you will um do you have any advice for that particular. So I, I'm going to ask you a question first to make sure I understand. So we're talking about an artist maybe that has been working with colored pencil for like two or three years or maybe more. Maybe more. And, and, like, and people look okay. at their work and say, wow, that is great stuff. But mm -hmm. in quiet moments when I'm talking to that student uh, through art mentoring, I mean, this is what happens. Uh, they're mm -hmm. just like, I, I don't like my work. I want, I want to get better. I think I can do better work. And uh, you know, I, I want to advance and um, it's just not happening. So, okay. you know, that those are, those are some like, of the students that I have uh, and that I yeah. work with. And I really, I really feel for that particular mindset and, and what's, what's going on with somebody in that position. Well, and I think that that's the category. Like every one of us can fit into that it's category, absolutely, right? Like right. it's like, wait, how are you figuring out how you're mm -hmm. going to get better? How are you right. going to level up? What does your artwork like next year? Mm -hmm. And how do you make sure it doesn't look like it did last year? Right. You know, that it's moving in the direction you want. So I think yeah. being really clear about your target, where you want to go with your art, 
and and constantly like having kind of self-reflection moments where you're like, well, what do I actually want to do with this? Is it to do something? Am, am I trying to say something? Am mm-hmm. I trying to to make a difference in the world with my art? Am I trying to express something that I'm seeing or feeling? Am I trying to uh, represent something more accurately? Right. Um, and 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 knowing what that looks like, and then finding people that are doing that. Mm-hmm. So uh, Instagram. Oh my gosh! I just am so glad that that exists for artists mm-hmm. now, for good and bad, right? Because then you can go like, why am I not as good as these oh, people? Right, right. Right. But but you can also say like, this person's doing exactly what I want to do. How are they doing yeah. it? I'm going to follow them. I'm going to keep track of how they're moving the right. needle in their artwork. And, and then you don't want to copycat that person. Maybe you don't want everything about it, but you love their composition or you love their color. And if you, you know, Pinterest is also great for this to make mm-hmm. a board of all these things that you're inspired by and plan your next piece to take on one of those things. I'm going to change my composition in this piece yeah. to make it feel, um, more harmonious or, right. or more challenging or whatever. And, um, sometimes what I'll do is like, I, um, I want to work with limited palettes next year. I think like, how can I do this with three pencils? How can mm-hmm. I do this with 12 pencils? Mm-hmm. How could I like make a more muted palette or a more, um, like kind of a moody palette or something? Right. Um, and, and challenging yourself, but looking at people that are doing what you like. Yeah. And then also, I think the other piece to that is finding mentors that, mm-hmm. you know, is there someone that's willing to look at your work right. that can give you that nudge that says, okay, Actually, maybe what you need to do is you need to 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 shift, to pivot, to uh, study this, take a workshop on on yeah. face building and anatomy, on, right, uh, right. you know, whatever. If you are able to seek out a mentor, and guys, look, here's the thing. You don't have to be mentored directly one-on-one. You know, you could be mentored from afar, which is also something that can take place on Instagram or on Pinterest or whatever. Follow artists that you admire and that you look up to. And I'm not talking about colored pencil artists. I mean, although it can be, it can also be an oil painter or a photographer uh, or any other um, number of mediums. But what you can do is just like, um, Lana, you were mentioning, you're reverse engineering what's going on and you're looking at how they got to where they are or how they uh, executed on the particular piece that maybe you like. But the other thing is a mentor can take you a little bit farther uh, ahead, you know, it'll it'll push you further along than you could go sometimes otherwise. And sometimes all it is, is it helps you with knowing where there's some inconsistency in something that you're doing. And uh, it, maybe they have the experience to be able to tell you, oh, it's right here. This is what you need to focus on. That's different for everybody. Yeah. I think having somebody and, you know, that it could look like a course, it could yeah, look like a right. one-on-one on Zoom, right. it could look like a, a bunch of different things. Sure. But um, it gives you an accountability piece, too. Yes. And I think, you know, when you sign up for a free course from somebody, I, you know, what I usually end up doing, I thought, oh, this is awesome. I got a free course. I'm going to go check it out. And I watch like a two videos and then I'm distracted by something else and I'm on to the next thing. Right, Whereas like right. there's something about take like in committing mm-hmm. to something like i i'm putting my money here and i'm gonna say like i want to learn this skill and and i'm committed yeah. and and it's it's an accountability piece for right. you and i the last course that i took i i took like a character design class which was so out of my wheelhouse um at uh at an art school in la and i yeah. just like i needed like a jolt i needed something new <laughs> yeah. um to kind of to kind of give me and and just like 
showing up and committing to that class right. gave me, you know, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I've got a homework assignment due and I paid for this. So I can't yeah. just blow this assignment. So I would stay up late and I'd work on it because right. I'm committed. Yeah. And, once you get skin in the game by paying yeah. for something, it changes your mm-hmm. mindset too. I think being willing to take some risks, being willing to step out of your comfort zone and then like being willing to ask for things. I, I think that the thing I see most often with people kind of being limited is they just didn't ask for what they wanted. So maybe it's an advanced artist that wants to get their artwork in a gallery, show up and just ask for it. And the very worst thing you can get is a no, and then mm. you're on your way, and there you're exactly where you started. But maybe you'll get the yes, right? Right. And I think, um, you know, ask for that advice, ask for that feedback on your work, you know, some people are so nervous about like, what if they hate it or what if they don't like it? But what if they give you that piece of advice that just shifts it for you? You know, like, yeah. and it could, you can start with your friends and your family. Like, what do you think of this? Like, do you think that this looks right? Do you think that right. this feels right? Um, what do you feel when you look at this piece yeah. and, and just, just put it out there and ask? Because most of the time we have it cooked up in our heads that there's something terrible that's going to happen. Right. And it just isn't like that. Right. No. Like, the worst case, like, what's the worst case scenario? Can you live with it? Well, ask, ask yeah, for it. Maybe yeah. you'll get the best case scenario, right? Right, right. Well, and sometimes the fear of no is worse than no. I mean, if you're thinking about mm. uh, approaching a gallery and it's a good fit for your work and they're, they are for you, uh, you are for them, and you're building this up in your mind like, oh, I got to have this gallery or something, and um, you you have limited then – your ability to just roll with it. You put all this emotional investment of uh, this this interaction and this time and effort, and maybe you've been thinking about it for months and months, you know, and just remunerating and really just go with those things and just, just do it anyway. Just do it scared, right? Just do something and don't mm-hmm. anticipate what the outcome might be. Just see what happens. Um and that's, I mean, I guess that's just true with anything, really. I mean, if you think about something that is a little, you know, causes some anxiety, let's say, um, then just do that more often. Just keep doing that over and over again, and it it gets easier. It becomes something that is not as scary if you just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, totally. And I think... Yeah, recently I was working on a piece and I decided I wanted to like splatter paint all over oh. it. And, um, cause I wanted kind of like a little explosion, a little like. See, that scares me inside there. when you just said and, that. I mean. And at that point I put in like 15, well, 12 hours oh, maybe, wow. like working on the details. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just picked it up and I just flung just it. Did right. It, yeah. And, and I remember <laughs> though the moment that that would have scared me. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, maybe 15 years ago or right, something. Right. But do but it wasn't scary anymore uh, because I'd practiced that I'd I'd done the scary thing I painted over something I yeah. lived you know, yeah you know I dropped oh the one time I walked out of the house to photograph because I needed better lighting I took my color pencil piece out to photograph and it fell off my board and my son rode uh, over it with his bike oh, <laughs> it was just man. like no and it was fun you know I dusted it off it was okay it was all right yeah. it, it lived but um <laughs> but it was just this moment and then I was like but it's not the end of the world. You know, yeah, I, yeah. and, and be, having ha- taken risks with my piece before I could live with that, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I've blown a couple pieces, but I also did some things that ended up a lot cooler than I was expecting uh, because I took the risk or I risk. learned something new yeah. that, that I, you know, that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. Mm, 
Love it. That's so good. Uh, what what uh, hobbies do you have? And we will wrap up here. Outside of art. Outside of art. <laughs> I guess art's not really. I don't and, and play parenting. Art you can't, you can't uh, count parenting. Can, no, I, that is not a hobby. <laughs> um, no, I love hiking. I love being outside. Um, that's why I end up mm. doing a lot of floral pieces because I'm just taking pictures uh, of, yeah. of the, the beautiful things that I see. Right. Um, it's wintertime. I'm skiing and snowboarding this year, mm. uh, and I love that. Um, you go with your husband. Good you, food. You, you guys both like to to do that or we do yeah, yeah. we um that's yeah fun. we did that because we both went to school at the university of utah and so that we're in the mountains and that's kind of the thing so we are finally back oh, nice. and we get to do that so we're teaching kids this year so that's that's interesting but oh, yeah. um you might go a little yeah, slower then fun. i'm sure <laughs> uh, well actually it's kind of this like nervous panic yeah. between going slower than i want to and then like having to go and catch somebody right. that's like <laughs> fl- flying down the hill um so Sometimes faster, sometimes slower. That's too funny. <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. I really appreciate you coming on here and you're, uh, you're just sharing as much as you have. It has just been wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to say in closing before we go? Oh, sure. So I do have a coupon code for all of your listeners to try out the course awesome. and um, that I have on, on my website. So you can go to courses.lanaglowshotart. Dot com and I'm sure you can have that in the the notes or something somewhere so people yeah can absolutely spell it. yeah and um and then uh the the course is a three module course that takes you through the entire process of building up a colored pencil painting it's like four hours of instructional video and then nice. some, like extra videos everything you need about supplies and then there's a free trial there so you can see exactly how I build up a value under painting without having to invest anything. But if you oh, watch that good. and it's for you and you yeah. want to give it a shot and see the whole course, um, you can type in CP Podcast 25 nice. to save $25 off the course. Oh, so that's thank you so much. P-O-D-C-A-S-T 25. Nice. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, guys, go over and check that out. See if it's right for you. I, I think that I, I know you're going to learn something and uh, incorporate uh, some of these techniques in your work. Uh, very, very cool. Thank you, Lana, for doing that. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. I had so much fun talking art and being on the show. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for uh, coming on. And it was such a pleasure having you. And guys, seriously, go over to the show notes, check out everything that uh, we talked about over there. We'll have it linked up. And if you're part of Member Circle, then enjoy the video and the rough cut edits to the video. So. I uh, appreciate you guys over there so, so much. Um, and, you know, if you're not part of Member Circle, it's more than just early release videos of the podcast. You also get uh, a number of other perks. Too many to go into right now, but go over and check it out. Reach out to the show, podcast at sharpenedartist.com, and I will talk to you again. Until then, take care and stay sharp. Bye-bye.